Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29 and, um, and verse number 18, Proverbs 29 and, uh, and 18, and uh, Sister Christy, I'm having connection issues again, so um, I should have the right, <laughs> I had those issues on uh, Sunday evening, and I had sent her a set of notes, one set, and I had a different set, and so um, it wasn't her fault that she wasn't putting them up there. I had given her the wrong stuff, so, but anyway, amen. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18, let me, while you turn there, let me just say thank you for being here this morning, and um, I believe that Father wants to really speak some things to our hearts today. Um, there's some things that I've learned over the years, and I just want to mention those to you, and, and they're uh, euphemisms or sayings or maxims or, what, or whatever. Um, but first of all, have you ever heard this one, you don't know what you don't know? You ever heard that? You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Amen. And, um, but the answers that we need, right, are in that stack of stuff we don't know yet. And, and the Holy Spirit's here to, to teach us, to, re, to reveal things to us that we've never seen before. Another thing, and, and this applies in a lot of different areas in life, so I'll just speak it to you generally, all right? Don't let what you already know keep you from learning what you need to know. Don't let what you already know keep you from learning what you need to know. This is something the Lord showed me specifically as it pertains to, to those in addiction recovery because a lot of times men and women have come to Heritage or come to the Foundry and they're, they're way past done um, with a, a lifestyle of addiction, but it's, it's, it can be hard sometimes to, to break out of. And, and um, a lot of times those folks, they know some good things about recovery, um, know some you know, important principles and truths about, uh, about you know, recovery, but, but again, they allow what they already know to keep them from learning what they don't know and need to know. And um, so the Lord spoke something to my heart on Friday morning, I had the opportunity to do a staff training at the foundry, and, and the Lord specifically told me, he said, he said, tell them whatever they're doing right now, there's a better way to do it. Whatever you're doing right now, there's a better way to do it. Now, now listen to me, please. See, that, that, if you heard me, that's going to probably create one of two responses from you. It's either going to make you excited and, and, and hopeful, or it's going to make you defensive and, and uh, um, you know, reject that. It's like offended almost, you know. It's like, hold on a second here now. Amen. But is there not a better way? Amen. And so whatever you're doing right now, there's a better way to do it. I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong. I'm not saying that you're not getting some results. But if you understand how life with our Heavenly Father and walking with Jesus works, He's constantly teaching us new things or trying to that will make a tremendous, remarkable difference, measurable, tangible, verifiable difference in our lives and in, and in the results that, that we experience. Amen. So I want to go back into the Old Testament. This is a very familiar passage of Scripture. Um, and I want to I show you uh, this verse, and then we're going to connect this with some things in the New Testament this morning. So Proverbs 29 and 18, um, first of all, from the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Now, we spent most of last Sunday evening 
expounding upon these verses. So I'm not going to try to do that. If, if you would like to access that sermon, we can get you a hard copy free of charge. It's, it's on the, uh, the website, hccnow.org. Uh, video, audio, again, free of charge. Brother Keith Moore also, he offers his sermons free of charge, and he says, you know what free of charge means, right? No excuse. Amen. So if, if, if it's free, there's no excuse, right? So, so, but it's there for you. We talk a lot about these things in, that, in those verses. But, but this word vision, it's not just talking about a futuristic kind of goal for your life. Um, where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me show you this same passage. The New King James Version breaks it down just a little bit more for us. The New King James Version says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. So the idea behind vision, it literally, the Hebrew word means ocular revelation. So the idea is we're, we're, we're constantly being able uh, to see things that we haven't seen before. Um, when we're children, I think this is one of many reasons why Jesus says you've got to be like a little child in the kingdom. Because when we're children, the world is, is just full of awe. It's, it's full of wonder, and, and, and we, we love to explore. We, you know, I've watched uh, my grandson, and, and anything he gets in his hand, he wants to put it in his mouth. You know, I mean, he wants to taste it and, and see. He wants to experience it. He, he wants to see it and touch it and taste it and feel it and smell it, right? And, 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 and children are just hardwired that way. And, and somewhere as, as we get old and crusty, right, we, we kind of lose that sense of adventure, that, that, that desire to experience and learn, and we kind of get set in our ways. And, and, and this is kind of, again, what we're talking about here. Don't let what you already know keep you from learning what you don't know and need to know, right? And so when he says where there's no vision, the people perish. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. The idea here, again, vision is referring to something being revealed to you that you've never seen, never heard, never known, never understood before. And notice, without that, the people perish. That word perish doesn't just mean die. It, it means the potential that they had is lost. The potential that, that someone had to do something more, to be something more, to accomplish something greater will never be realized. So the main thing I'm wanting you to see this morning from these verses is a very powerful connection between receiving revelation from our Heavenly Father by the Holy Spirit and by His Holy Word and how that revelation helps release the potential that you have within your own life. We all have far more potential this morning than we have tapped into. We are all capable of so much more of doing so much more. Jesus set the bar really high in John 14, 12 when He said, the works that I do, you'll do also, and even greater works than these because I go to my Father. Every born-again believer in this room this morning has potential within you right now to do the works of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. You say, well, Pastor Mark, if that's true, why are we not doing it? It's revelation. Yeah, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. That's true. Amen. Yes and amen and so be it. So you say, well, Pastor Mark, if that's the case, why aren't we doing it? The revelation that we need to unlock that potential, 
Remember, right? Jesus never told anybody his destiny until his true identity was revealed. The revelation of his identity set the stage for the revelation of his destiny. The same is true with you and me. As who we are in Christ is revealed to us more and more, we see now that these things are not impossible, but are well within reach for us. But see, when, without that, so notice he's saying, He's, and, and this is the way a lot of the Proverbs are written. They're written in such a way as, as, to, as to instigate thought on your part, to, to, to give consideration to, right? That's what that word selah means. It means pause and think about it. And so he, he structured this in such a way, um, it's, it's written, I guess you could say, in the negative, but apart from the revelation that we need, the potential that we all have will never be realized. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. The idea behind casting off restraint is he's literally saying, you just kind of make it up as you go along. You just do whatever seems right. And that's how the world lives. That's the wisdom of this world. But our Father has higher and better wisdom for us this morning. Amen? So there's a powerful relationship established here between revelation and the release of your potential. And by revelation, we mean Father showing you things that you've never seen before and that activating the release of the great potential He's invested in your life. Now, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse number 7. Amen. We're just laying some foundation this morning. We're going to build on it this morning, build on it some more tonight. Amen. Service tonight at 6. I don't think I made that announcement, but service tonight at 6. I know it's been a different summer. We've had some evenings off for fellowship and barbecue and things of that nature, but we'll be meeting tonight at 6. We're looking forward to that. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. We speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Now, this word mystery, um, there's lots of definitions for it, and if you go into the Greek language, but my favorite is this, secret, sacred, hidden truth. Secret, sacred, hidden truth. So it's secret, meaning not everybody knows it. It's sacred, meaning that it's precious and holy. It's from God Himself. It's hidden, again, not from you, but for you. Secret, sacred, hidden, and then of course it's, it's truth. It's truth. And truth, of course, only comes from God. And what we know about truth is that truth does not change but truth has the power to change things. So something can be a fact today, but a fact is subject to change because it can be something different tomorrow. For instance, if the sun is shining outside, and it was when I got here this morning, the fact is the sun is shining. But it doesn't necessarily mean the sun will be shining tomorrow. Tomorrow the facts may be different. The facts may be it's raining now. 
It might be a fact this morning that your hip is hurting you. Amen. That's a fact. But the truth is, by His stripes you were healed. See, truth and facts are different things. Facts are temporary, meaning they're subject to change. Truth is eternal, meaning it'll never change. It's, the, it's always the same, and it has power within it to change fact-based circumstances and situations. So it's not just secret, it's not just sacred, it's not just hidden, it's truth. And it has the power within it See, Jesus said you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. And Isaiah 55, he said that his word and his wisdom, his truth which comes down from heaven to the earth just like precipitation falls from the sky and waters the earth, his truth comes down from a higher place to us in a lower position so that we can take that higher level of truth and wisdom and operate, navigate by it on planet earth and change things that need to be changed in our lives and in our families and in our circumstances and situations. But now let's go back to it. He says it's a mystery. What does it mean it's a mystery? Well, again, by definition, secret, sacred, hidden truth. But what this implies is you will never understand it unless Father reveals it to you. This is why we, the Bible refers to it as, it as it being revelation. It's something that the human intellect cannot process. It's something that you will never reach the conclusion of with, with, with just mere rationale or intellect alone. It's something that you will only know and only understand if the Holy Spirit or, or Father God by the Holy Spirit unlocks your ability to understand it. He reveals it to you. Je Remember Peter says, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. It didn't come from outside of Him into Him. It came from inside of Him out of Him. That's again, that's revelation. Now, I believe every person in this room is looking for answers. If you're not looking for answers, you should be. Because whatever you're doing right now, there's a better way to do it. His, high, his ways are higher than our ways. His ways are better than our ways. So again, we're all looking for answers. Some of you may be looking for answers more urgently than other people in this room, but we're all looking for answers. Are you understand what I'm saying? We're all in need of, of, of answers, or, or, or let me say it another way, in, in need of being shown a better way of doing something. And, and we will spend all kinds of time on the internet. We'll spend, we'll spend all kinds of time trying to, you know, study here and look here and find here without ever realizing that Father has the answers you need. And He wants to reveal those things to you. Now notice again, let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2, 7, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, secret, sacred, hidden truths that can only be known if they're revealed to you by the Lord Himself, the hidden wisdom which God ordained, let's talk about wisdom for a moment. <clears throat> Many times we use knowledge, understanding, and wisdom as if those three words mean the same thing. They do not. They're all very important. They're all related, connected to one another but they are not the same. 
The Bible says the principal thing is wisdom. That means the most important thing above all else is wisdom. So how are they related? <clears throat> I like to simplify it this way. Think of knowledge as pieces of the puzzle. Think of understanding as connecting the pieces together, right? So that the, the, the word understanding in the Greek by definition literally means to put together with one's mind. So we're going from random pieces of information, random pieces of the, of the knowledge puzzle, now we're beginning to fit those pieces together and a picture is beginning to develop. Let me say it another way. We're beginning to see it. Can you see things today that you couldn't see six months ago? Can you see things today you couldn't see six years ago? When we sang that song this morning, I once was blind, but now I see. Obviously, that's speaking of our salvation experience. But let me tell you something. I, 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 I'm, I'm seeing things today that I was blinded to a few years ago. So that is an ongoing work of the Holy Spirit where He's constantly revealing truth to us. He's constantly taking things that have previously been a mystery and He's unraveling those mysteries and He's, and he's showing us those things. So again, we go from the, the knowledge, the pieces of it, to, to how those things uh, fit together. Do you realize the most qualified people on planet Earth to know who Jesus was when He arrived here in, in, as through the womb of a virgin and wrapped in swaddling clothes and put in a manger. The most qualified men on planet earth to know who he was were completely clueless. They could not connect one verse to the other and see that he was the fulfillment of every Old Testament prophecy. They had the knowledge but no understanding. So understanding is connecting the pieces together, but wisdom is the ability to take that picture to take what you're seeing and apply it in your life to experience real results. Wisdom is about results. See, the disciples had lots of knowledge. They had lots of understanding. But as far as Jesus was concerned, until they could reproduce the results that he was producing, they hadn't learned it yet. It hadn't become wisdom to them yet. It became knowledge and, and of course, the, the things that they experienced while witnessing what he was doing. But listen, there are a lot of people, and that's kind of the backdrop of what we're talking about here. There were a whole bunch of people who saw Jesus perform miracles who never saw the truth. There were a whole bunch of people who heard Jesus teach secret, sacred, hidden truths in the form of simple-to-understand stories, but they never heard the truth. Their hearts never perceived it. Their hearts never understood it. Now, I know that you're probably thinking, man, if I'd have seen all those things, I would have believed. Not so fast, my friend. Because Jesus, remember the, the rich man and Lazarus, and Lord, send somebody back, send Lazarus back from the dead to warn my brothers. And Jesus said, they have the scriptures. If they will not believe on me based upon what my word says, they will not believe even if they see one raised from the dead. Now, I'm trying to show you this morning how serious this problem of, of, of blindness, of spiritual dullness actually is. Jesus is saying this. If Jesus is saying this, it is 100% true. Jesus is saying that you could literally see someone raised from the dead and it not affect your heart the way your heart needs to be affected. That doesn't mean you're going to believe that Jesus is Lord. 
Because if the attitude of your heart towards Him isn't what it ought to be, if you're not giving Him and His words the place in your life that He deserves, you're going to remain blinded to it even if you watch someone that you knew was dead come up out of a casket. See, our, let, me, let me tell you the difference now. Seeing someone that you know is dead come up out of, your, your, out of a casket, that appeals to your brain. That appeals to the meat computer. It doesn't say with the brain one believes unto salvation. It says with the heart one believes. See, knowledge can be both heart and brain. Understanding can be both heart and brain. Wisdom can be both heart and brain. But when we're talking about God's knowledge, when we're talking about God's understanding, when we're talking about Father's wisdom, it's heart, not brain. When we're talking about this world's, right? When we, let, me, let me simplify wisdom. Wisdom of this world, the Bible talks about the difference between God's wisdom and man's wisdom. God's wisdom produces God's results. Man's wisdom produces man's results. And we need God's results. Which means what? We need His wisdom. You still with me? All right, so 1 Corinthians 2 and 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained. That word ordained means appointed. I have a dentist appointment tomorrow to have my six-month checkup and cleaning. Are you understand what I'm saying? Praise God. That's, that's already, that, that was made six months ago when I had my last six months. Are you understanding? Amen. So when it says it was ordained, it was appointed, God has already put it in place. And he appointed the wisdom that you and I need to live the life he created us to live before he ever created Adam. He ordained it. When did he ordain it? He ordained it before the ages. Before the ages. And this last part, please, 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 please pay close attention. For our glory. Or you could put a Y there and personalize it. For your glory. Listen, the Bible has a lot to say about the glory of God. The Bible has a lot to say about giving God glory and how our lives should give Him glory. But he's, here, He's not talking about His glory per se. He's talking about your glory. Now, what is the glory of a thing? What is He talking about here? Your glory. Your glory is the full release of your potential. Your glory is when you're living the life that God created you to live. Your glory is when you're receiving revelation from Him on a daily basis and that revelation is releasing more and more measures of the potential that He's invested in you outward into the world around you. Not only for you to enjoy an experience, but for other people around you to enjoy an experience and be blessed by. Don't you like being around blessed people? If you don't like being around blessed people, something's wrong inside your heart. If you're just jealous of blessed people, if you're envious of folks who, who seem to be walking in closer places with the Lord than you are, then, then something's not right in, in, in your heart. Amen. 
You, when you see folks receiving from God and, and, and maybe they're just been at it a little longer than you have or been a little more serious about it longer than you have, don't be offended, don't be envious or jealous or critical or judgmental of those men and women. Just say, man, praise God. If Father will do that for them, He'll do it for me. If He'll bless them like that, He'll bless me like that. If He'll walk through their life like that, He'll walk through my life like that. Don't let it offend you and, 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 and make you critical and try to nitpick something wrong in their lives. But let it inspire you and motivate you, encourage you to see what is possible for you. The hidden wisdom of God ordained before the ages for our glory. He's talking about the wisdom that you need to live at the full measure of the potential that you have. Now, let me get a drink of water here. Praise God. If you... Look back on your life. Listen to me now. I know, I know that I've got a lot of different people in here this morning. People are in different places, you know, in life and their walk with the Lord. And the Holy Spirit loves us all. He's right here with us all. But let's say you're at, you're at a place right now in your life where you're struggling. If, if, if you'll look back, you'll see that the most meaningful times in your life, the time when you enjoyed life the most, the time when you were the most fulfilled, the most satisfied, you enjoyed life and, 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 and just, you know, again, it was just days of heaven upon the earth. It's gonna, you're going to find that there's a, a very powerful connection, a very powerful correlation between those times and, and, and you putting the Lord first in your life and you going after Him above all else. Where He was revealing things to you and your potential was being released and realized, again, it's, it's in that moment right there that, that we are so focused that, that um, I heard, I've heard like uh, um, baseball players, they, they talk about, um, you know, there are times when Major League Baseball players, there are times when, he, one guy said it this way, he said, man, there are times when I stand at the plate and, and it's like the ball is, is a kickball. In other words, that little baseball, he says, it's just like he can't miss it, you know, just um, hitting multiple home runs in a game, that sort of thing. I've heard basketball players say the same thing. It's like, man, sometimes just in that zone, man, it's like, it's like the hoop is twice as big, you know, and, 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 and they can't hardly miss. They get on hot, they get on a streak. You know, these, y'all ever heard that kind of expression? All right. Why am I sharing that with you? Well, again, look, look at your life. See, when, you, when you're hot, when you're on a hot streak, man, when, you, when you're right there and, 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 and life couldn't be more exciting and more enjoyable and more meaningful, you're going to see that what's happening in those moments is Father is revealing things to you and that revelation is releasing potential in your life. It is the sweet spot of life. Please hear me. It, 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 is, it is the most meaningful experience I believe you will have this side of heaven. See, we, we crave a lot of things, but I'm going to tell you what we're really craving is that right there. Now, what happens when, think, again, I'm not trying to put anybody into some kind of fit of regret or anything like that, but if you also look back on your life when, when you were not enjoying life, when things were miserable, maybe you were battling depression and, and, and these different dominant negative emotions and things of that nature, notice the lack of revelation, the lack of pursuit of God's highest and best for your life. Notice how no revelation and, and there, was, there was no uh, you know, 
release of your potential, you become stagnant, or maybe even were backing up. You, you had reached a point in life, and, and, and you were being really productive and effective and enjoying life, and, and now for whatever reason, you, you've, you've started even to, to digress, pull back away uh, from that place. Again, it's not pleasant to look at, but I'm, tr I'm trying to get you to see something this morning. It's one thing to make progress. It's another thing to know how you made it. There's laws involved in all this. There's spiritual laws involved in all this. And one thing we know about a spiritual law is it'll reproduce the same result every time in our lives. Here's the next thing I want you to see. I'm not saying it's impossible for you to make a mistake when you're on that hot streak and you're pursuing and God's revealing and potential's being released. But the last thing on your mind is sinning. I mean, you done built up so much momentum going after the things of God, man. You're just like a freight train blowing past things that used to trip you up, things that used to catch your eye. You didn't even see them. You went by them so fast, right? But now notice we're back in that, that, that lull and, and there's really not a lot of things being revealed to us and not a lot of potential being released. Now what's happening? We start casting off restraint. Temptation starts to bear down on us and all, all this other stuff. Jesus told them in the garden, pray so that you will not enter into temptation. He, he wasn't asking them to pray for him in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was asking them to pray for themselves because he knew all the pressure that was about to be released upon them. And he also knew that there was something that they could do to be strong in that, in that place and that they could give into their flesh in that moment and it was going to make it even more difficult for what lay ahead of them. Are you following me this morning? Praise God. Now, I spent way more time here than I thought, but I think we're right where we're supposed to be. So let me try to wrap this up. Here again in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. The wisdom that we need has already been put in place for us. That wisdom is contained in these secret, sacred, hidden truths, the mysteries, things you'll never know and understand unless the Holy Spirit reveals them to you. And notice also... It's hidden, the hidden wisdom of God, hidden for our glory. I mentioned this already, but again, you've heard me say it before. Some of you have. Let me say it for everybody again. There's a difference between something hidden from you and something hidden for you. If you have a key outside your home under a rock or a flower pot somewhere, you've hidden that key for the people you want to have access to your home, but you've hidden it from the ones that you do not want to have access the reason Father's secret sacred truths are in a mystery and they're hidden is because there are certain things He does not want your enemy to know and understand. In the context of the verse that I'm showing you this morning, the Bible says, had the enemies of God understood what Jesus being crucified was ultimately going to mean to them, they would have never laid a hand on Him. They'd have never touched Him. But Jesus, again, Father God, he kept the whole plan a secret. He, in his, again, this is the beauty of God's wisdom. Understanding now and looking back, we see that the whole time from the book of Genesis all the way through to, to, the, to the Jesus arrived on this earth, he told us the whole story in prophetic form, but kept it a secret the whole time as well. So the wisdom of God that you need to live the life that he created you to live it's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. It's hidden for you. 
And now Father wants to reveal that to you. Amen. Let, just, let's push on just a little further. You all right? Everybody good? You got a few more minutes? Okay. Let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. And verse number 34. Matthew 13 and 34. It says this, All these things Jesus spoke to the multitude in parables, and without a parable He did not speak to them, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, I will utter things kept secret from the foundation of the world. So there we go again. Jesus coming to reveal these mysteries to us, and He's revealing them to us, in the form of parables. Now, one last verse for this morning, all right? Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. I know I'm giving you a lot of Bible this morning, but that's okay. Amen. We need the Bible. Amen. Thank God for the Word. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 22. This is Jesus speaking, and this is in the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. It was the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and, of course, we have Jesus, truth in human form, uh, speaking truth to us. And, um, and He is, uh, as Hebrews says, in times past He spoke through the, 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 the mouthpiece of the prophets, but, but now in these last days He's speaking directly to us through the personality of His Son. And so this is the Son of God, um, our Savior, our King, um, our elder brother, the head of the body, the head of the church head of the body of Christ, he's speaking to us. And this is what he says. He says, the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the new King James Version says, if your eye be good, I really prefer the King James Version here. If thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. He goes on to say, if your eye be evil, um, and the new King James says, if your eye be bad. Now, if you dig into the original language, when he talks about an eye being evil or the eye being bad, he's talking about double vision. In other words, he's talking about when you, when you look, but you see, you know, like physically, someone that would have a condition with their eyes where they can't focus on one thing, but when they look, you know, uh, you ever like maybe been medicated or been you know, not feeling well or whatever and your vision was all kind of blurry and you had double vision, that sort of thing. So again, what he's talking about here is a refusal to or an inability to singularly focus. So when he says if your eye be single, he's talking about the ability to, to focus um, singularly, right? Do you see how all this relates to revelation, vision, what you're seeing, what's being shown to you, what's being revealed to you. Anybody you, you see in this connection here? So if the light of the body, Jesus said, is the eye, if therefore thine eye be single, thy, thy whole body shall be full of light. Single is talking about, again, focus, priority, but it's also talking about something else here. It's talking about the place you give something in your life, okay? Pam and I celebrated 32 years of marriage um, on Wednesday, and I only have eyes for her, right? 
Amen. Thank you for that. I, I, I wasn't expecting the, the, the applause, but I was just, I mentioned that Wednesday night, but I, I mentioned it again here. But did you hear what I said? I only have eyes for her. You, you understand what I'm saying here? Um, I, I have a singular focus when it comes uh, to, to a romantic relationship. That sort of, it's her and nobody else. That's the, that's the singular focus. My I be single when it comes to my wife, right? Yeah. I'm married, but my I be single, right? You, 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 I don't, do I need to, amen? I don't need, we don't need clarification there, do we? Okay. You married men having a single eye don't mean you look at other women like you're single. Okay, no, no, right? That's not what he's saying. Okay, all right. I only have eyes for her. Obviously, we were engaged before we were married, but before I was in a committed relationship with her, right? Well, I may date this person or what have you. She dated other people before. But again, when we became committed to one another, only have eyes for her. She only has eyes for me. This is what he's saying here, this singular focus. Let me say it another way. If you only have eyes for the Word of God, amen. If you have a singular focus upon Jesus as the Lord of your life and the wisdom that He came from heaven to present to you, if you only have eyes for Him, the light that's in this Word will flood your life. It will absolutely consume you. It will absolutely overwhelm you. And it'll be like striking a match in a fireworks store, man. The, the, the potential inside of you will begin to fire off. And the more it fires off, the more it'll ignite and fire off, right? And you're on your way. But if your eye be double, if your eye be evil, if your eye be bad, in other words, if, if you consider his words to be um, equal to or less than everybody else's words, everybody else's opinions, everybody else's wisdom, everybody else's ways. The revelation of these secret, sacred, hidden truths that's contained within this word, you'll never see them. You'll never see them. He goes on to say, and if the light that's in you be darkness, how great is the darkness? John said it this way. He said, the darkness is passing away, but the true light's already shining. Amen. Singers and musicians, would you come please? Are you getting anything out of this this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So single is talking about focus, priority, the place you give something in your life. Think if you, uh, if you look to the word above and before all else, singular focus, the word and nothing else. Not just first, not just I'm going to put the word first in my life, not just I'm going to put the Lord first in my life, but we're talking about putting the Lord and His Word in a place where everything else in your life bows its knee. Do you see the difference there? Did you see the difference there? It's not like I have a lot of women and Pam's just my main squeeze. You see the difference there? Right? It's not like, well, man, she's number one and there's number two, number three, number four, and number five. No, no, see, that's, uh-uh. No, 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 see. The singular focus here is Jesus and his word have been given a place of overriding supremacy in my life, meaning what? Everything else bows their knee. That's the place that he deserves. And when you give him that place, the light in, of truth will flood you and fill you and transform you like nothing else. Amen. Amen. Let's stand together this morning. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus.
you would just for a moment bow your heads, close your eyes. I'm, I try to be very specific when I extend an invitation. I personally believe that, you know, when pastors try to, or ministers try to get you to question your salvation so that you'll come to the altar, that, that they're actually doing you a disservice. If, if you've called upon the name of the Lord and, and, and received him, the Bible says he's been faithful to you even if you haven't been faithful to him. Maybe you did that when you was a little child and, and a lot of water's passed under your life bridge between now and then. And, and um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask two questions this morning. First of all, if you're here this morning and you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, never been born again, but you would like to receive his free gift of salvation today. Could I just see your hand and say, Pastor Mark, I've never been born again, but today's my day. It's not about embarrassing you. It's about you winning the greatest prize and being given the greatest prize that could ever be given. Anybody, Pastor Mark, I've never, never done that, and today's my day, okay? Now, so to distinguish, now the second question is, by virtue of no one raising their hands, I believe that means every person in this room is born again. Second, though, you say, Pastor Mark, you know, I'm here, but but it, lately he's not been the singular focus of my life. I, I, I have uh, cast off some restraint. I've, I've let some things slip. I've, I've, uh, I've kind of gone backwards. Um, and, and I want to make that right today. Do you understand the difference in, in those two questions, right? This doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you're not born again. I believe based upon multiple Bible verses that if, if you were to have, you know, lost your life in some accident that you would have went straight to heaven. Um, but you say, Pastor Mark, I'm just I'm not, not where I need to be and I need to, I need to set that straight this morning. Is that you? You say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Would you pray for me? Anybody? Anybody? Thank you for these hands. Thank you. I see these hands. Thank you for them. Thank you for your honesty. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. Amen. Let's, um, let's just, let's just all pray together. And, and uh, if you don't mind just praying after me, Father God, come on, you can do better than that. Say it out loud. Say, Father God, I come to you this morning in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for receiving me. Thank you for accepting me. And thank you for believing the best about me. Father, you know my heart. So I'm not going to try to hide anything from you. I'm just here to ask you to forgive me. And I'm asking you to help me by your Holy Spirit to give you and your word the place you and your word deserve in my life. I ask you, Father, to help me. And I ask you, Father, this morning to unlock my understanding. Reveal your precious truth to me. Show me what I haven't seen before. Draw me into that deeper place with you. Deeper understanding. Deeper fellowship. Greater results.
in my life for the benefit of others and to the glory of your name. I believe now that you have received me, that you have washed me clean, and you are leading me now to my wealthy place in Christ Jesus. So it's in his name that I came, and it's in his name that I'm praying this to you today. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. Could you give the Lord a hand clap? Praise God. Praise God. You got something for us, brother? You got something for us? Amen. Amen. Anybody remember this fella, Brother Sam? <laughs> Amen. That was me pounding on the mic through your chest, brother. Praise God. Um, I feel like um, there is, I actually feel like the Lord wants to release some healing today, like physical healing. Um, the first thing that I, I sensed was that um, there's some people who've been having a problem with their knees. Um, either one. Is it, for you, is it specifically your left knee that's been bothering you? Left knee. It's your left knee that's been bothering you? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Well, e either one. Either one. But I, I, I was feeling something in my left knee, and I was like, Jesus, okay. You, okay. Um, if anybody's knee's been bothering you, raise your hand. Knee's been bothering you? Um, if you're next to them, would you put hands on them? Man, Jesus. Wow. Wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And uh, just real simple, Holy Spirit, we ask you to do what you like to do, what you just love and enjoy doing. Would you touch your people? We just say, kingdom of heaven come, and will of God be done in their body. We say, pain go now, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, can you do something to, to test it out? And if you notice any different, wave your hand at me. Any difference at all. If it's any better at all, just wave a hand at me. Let me know. Thank you, Holy Spirit. If, if you felt the difference, can you come forward some? Jane, Jesus, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Anybody else notice any difference at all? You've noticed difference in, the, in that leg, in that knee? You've noticed the difference? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Can you come forward some? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, come on. If you, if you felt the Lord do something in your body, would you come forward? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Ma'am. Shake here. I'm on a... What else, Papa? What else? Praise Jesus. If you raised your hand before, um, needing um, physical healing in a knee, but you didn't notice any difference, would you come and you stand on this side right here? Thank you, Jesus. Now, you who've experienced the Father healing you, I believe that some of your fullness is wrapped up in you giving away what you've experienced the Lord give you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. I believe that the Lord's going to heal that knee right now. So, would y'all lay hands on her knee and on, on this auntie's knee right here? I've been living in Hawaii for a while, so I call everybody auntie. 
Um, and just real simply, we're not begging. In fact, we're not even going to talk to the Lord about that problem. We're going to talk to that problem about the goodness of the Lord. Does that make sense? We're going to tell the, the knee about the goodness of Jesus. Pain, you have no legal right. Leave. So, so can y'all just lay hands on your sister real here and just real simply declare his goodness. Pain, get out. Healing, come. Kingdom of heaven, come. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Now, how long does the Lord need? How long does the Lord need to heal somebody? He don't, he don't need not even a split second, right? Um, sis, can you do something? Can you test it? All of you with knee issues, can you just test it and see if you notice any difference? Like anything you would feel comfortable trying out, just bending it or, or, or like whatever you feel safe trying. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Wow. Wow. That was the left one. Is that better worship the same? Yeah, I'm, you're not going to hurt my feelings. If it don't feel better, you're not going to hurt my feelings. That's better? That's better? <laughs> Father, we bless you. Father, we bless you. <laughs> we bless you, Lord. Now, now keep, that, keep that brace off. If it's not, if it's not 100%, we're actually going to pray for you again. Because when Jesus prayed for the blind man, who was, was it a name that he prayed for the blind man? He prayed for him one time. And he said, I see, I see men, but they look like trees. And then Jesus prayed for him again. And I jokingly tell people, I'm like, man, if Jesus prayed two times, I could pray at least three. Right? Right? And so you said you've noticed, you've noticed a difference. Like on a scale of one to ten, one being perfect and ten being painful, where's, where's the pain at now? About a seven, what was it before? Wow. So it went from, it went from... Wow, Jesus. Thank you, thank you. Um, if, if you'd be willing, um, did anybody else notice a difference? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Did, did anyone else who prayed for her notice a difference? And what are you, what are you experiencing right now? Where's, where's it at? Where's, where's, the, where's the knee pain now? Where, where's it at? Gone? Father, thank you. 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 Abba, we bless you. We bless you. Thank you, Abba. Um, Holy Spirit, is there any other ailment that you, you would you highlight to me? Thank you, Father. Um, lower back pain on the right right side? Like back pain on the lower? Like anybody? Lower back pain? And I feel like it's on the, the right-hand side specifically. Is that you, Auntie in the blue shirt? All right, would, would some of y'all next to her, you two? You two in the pink? You said you had back, back pain? You've been having back pain? Okay, uncle, would you lay hands on her? And would you next to her, would y'all lay hands on her? And just, I'm not even, I'm not even going to pray. Just, you go. Just real simple, real simple. Spirit lives in y'all. Pain go, kingdom come. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is what you like to do. We thank you that this is what you like to do, Father. Thank you. That you like to do this at the grocery store. You like to do this to the restaurants. Thank you. All right, now, y'all, would you do something that you, you couldn't do before without pain? Would you just test it out? See, so, try something. See if you notice any difference. I see a smile. <laughs> I see a smile. <laughs> All right, now, 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 where's your pain at? Talk to me. Is it? So it, 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 
So it, it started, you know, is it better or worse saying, go? Come on. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Auntie in the blue, in the, in the turquoise in the back. Where's, how, how are you feeling? It, it's better? All right. Completely gone? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. And Auntie, what's, what's, been, what's been bothering you? What? What, what, what was, if you don't mind me, if you don't mind That's not too big for the Father. What, could I ask you, you who've been receiving healing, like you, you who've been experiencing the Holy Spirit's touch, would you lay hands on her and pray for her? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. And you are sons and daughters. You are, you, are, you are daughters of the Most High. You go in the refrigerator and you grab healing just like you would grab orange juice in the morning. Thank you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. Thank you. We just say all pain gone. All pain gone. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba. Thank you, Abba. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Papa. Now, is there any way that you could test whether there's been a change? Thank you, Holy Spirit. What do you, you notice any difference? Is it better? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Abba. Yes, your sisters. I ain't doing it. That was, <laughs> that's y'all. That's, that's y'all. I, um. When I was, when I, when I, when I lived here in Alabama, um, golly, in 2000, 2004, golly, that's almost 15 years ago, um, I came to this house and uh, this man of God right here was teaching real simply about the love of the Father. That he, he, he sees you, he loves you, and he doesn't just love you, but he likes you. Um, and it changed my life because I thought like a parent that God had to love me because I'm his kid. But when you say that a parent likes his child, it's like, wait, you, you enjoy my little silly jokes. You enjoy these, these little silly things. And since I've left, um, since I've left here, I've, you know, I've been a missionary in Tibet and Nepal and all these things. But one of the things that I've carried with me is that the Lord cares more about my nearness than he cares about my perfection. Like, so for some of you, that's, that might be new to hear. But he cares more about your, near, your nearness to him will transform you and make you right with him. But you, you being concerned about your perfection will keep you at a distance trying to earn nearness. Right? And so one of the things I just want to bless you with that I feel like the Lord is giving me and transforming with is just real simply, like I didn't lay hands on nobody. And there was what? Five? How many? I hope y'all write these testimonies down. There's like what? Six people? Six people? Are like healed, and I feel like that's come from a real simple revelation of like, nope, God just likes to do this for real. Like when you go to eat today, there are people who are going to get healed because you're an ambassador, and you don't you don't have to beg God for healing. You get to say sickness leave. 
And so if you'd like to receive more of, of just operating in the supernatural, operating in hearing the voice of, God, of, of the Lord more clearly, just open your hands like you're going to receive a, pre a present on Christmas. And so, Father, I thank you for my family on the other side of the ocean. Papa, I just ask right now that you would dispense, you would dispense to them this real, real, tangible, simple gift of your presence, King. I just ask from, from me, from what you, you've given me, I just departed, I just imparted on this house, God. Because of the way that they have loved me, Father, I just declare healing. I just, like, more, more fullness and healing. Simplicity, Father, everywhere they go, everywhere they go that they see people get healed. Just because, just because they're there. Um, Father, would they hear your voice more clearly? Would they be like kids? I thought I heard something that the Lord said, so I'm going to say it. I thought I saw the Lord moving, so I'm going to go where I, where, where I thought I saw him at. Ask for more fullness, Father, that, 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 that the teaching that goes forth in this house would unlock um, treasures that have been hidden away, Father. Would you, would you turn these people into like spelunkers that dive into the depths of your word and come out with treasures, Father? Would they become almost like Indiana Jones looking for, for treasures that have been uh, lost and almost forgotten? But would they uncover treasures? Would they uncover treasures for the bride of Christ, Lord? Would you make this place a shining example of what people who take you seriously look like? Of what people who take you seriously do? That this, in fact, that Hueytown, that all of the places where they live, not just Hueytown, that all of the places that they live, that, um, that there's a, that these people, we, we don't know hypocrites in, in this midst. We don't, know pe we don't know people who don't take the Father seriously. Everywhere they go, things change. Whether that's in government, in business, in, in family, that everywhere that the people who are a part of Heritage Christian Center, who, who are co in contact with this, that there's freedom and health in their families. There's, there's financial blessing, Father, because heaven is, uh, can be directly contacted to earth through their lives. And I just bless you with fullness, family. I bless you with fullness. I bless you with fullness in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Thank you, Papa. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. And I believe we receive. Amen. Amen. Remember when Sam came here as a senior in high school and how the Lord just touched his life and man, the things he's done and the places he's been and the lives that he's touched. We, we consider you a son of heritage, brother. I hope that's okay. I mean, son of God, obviously, but amen. One of these guys that came here as a teenager and now he's a, got his own family and how the Lord is using him. Praise God. He's teaching Bible college in Hawaii. And so um, that's a miracle in and of itself, how all that worked out, right? So uh, with the administration of that Bible college, they said, look, we, we want our students to have what you have. Would you please come teach them? So um, amen. Amen. Are you blessed? Amen. Yes, praise God. Amen. Amen. Shake somebody's hand, hug somebody's neck, love somebody in Jesus. We'll see you back tonight at 6 o'clock. Good things coming. Good things coming. Good things coming. Amen.